Podcast. We are almost there, ladies and gentlemen. The draft is on Thursday. I'm recording this show on June 18th, 2023, and I'm happy to be back with you guys. Today's episode, I'm going to cover the most overrated players in the 2023 NBA draft. This is what you all want to hear. This is what you want to know. Most people may disagree with what I'm saying. Some may not. But I'm going to give it to you like I see it. You know, the most overrated prospects in this draft. Everyone's hearing about how great everyone is. Let's hear about how some people could be, you know, could have a problem in the league, could struggle, could just not meet their potential. I'm not going to say the bust. I'm not going to say anyone's a bust. But I think the scouts and analysis is a little sugarcoating things. So, I'm just going to give you who I think are the most overrated prospects in this draft class. So let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. First, I'm going to go with Anthony Black, the 6'7 guard, point guard, shooting guard, small forward from Arkansas. Average 13 points, five boards, four assists, two steals, 0.6 blocks per game, shot 30% from three, 45% from the field. Now, the good, you may know, he's a good playmaker. He seems to do everything pretty good. Nothing really amazing except for passing. But in my opinion, he's not really a special talent. It's hard to get a read on him. Yes, he has good court vision, quick hands, long arms. He's great at getting steals, can guard multiple positions because of his size, puts his teammates in great positions to score. Right, okay. But the negatives are his. he has a slow release on his shot. This is Anthony Black we're talking about. Yes, he can run the offense, but I don't know if he's going to be a true point guard in the NBA. He's never really fast, quick titch, quick twitch, first step type of guy. You know, he has had some big time scoring performances in college, but I don't know if his offense is going to translate to the NBA where he's going to be putting up a lot of points. And you know, even with those big performances, he only averaged 13 points in college. So it could be a rough go for him in the NBA. But yes, considering his lack of explosiveness, speed, and athleticism, I'm just a little concerned. He can blow by his defender at times, but he mainly seems to play at a slower pace. And on top of that, he's not a good shooter. So there are a lot of things not working in Anthony Black's favor for him to be ranked eighth by ESPN. That is a little high for me. I have him ranked 21st. Just as far as in my big board, talent-wise, he he's probably the 21st best prospect in this class. But for him to be at eight by ESPN, that's overrated to me. Anthony Black, first contender for most overrated prospects. And if you disagree, hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter, at William Miss Bill. I'd love to hear your feedback. But that was first, Anthony Black. Next, another guy that's a fan favorite, Jarris Walker. ESPN has him ranked number seven. I have him ranked 23. Jarris Walker averaged 11 points, seven boards, two assists, one steal and one block per game, shot 35% from three and 46% from the field. He's six foot eight, 240 pounds, has a seven foot two wingspan, a lot of good things and positive things that scouts like. Uh, They like that he can bang or play in the perimeter. He has a nice little hook shot in the paint. At times, he does have a quick first step and burst of speed, driving to the basket, going past his opponent. He's a pretty good passer. He moves real well on defense and recovers well when he gets blown by. And he can block shots very well. Good rebounder as well. So 
Those are the positives with Jarris Walker. The negatives are he plays like a power forward in college, but he's 6'8". He's 240 pounds. So he's kind of the size of a small forward, but then he's overweight at 240 to be a small forward. So he moves like a small forward, height like a soft small forward, but the weight of a power forward. He's either going to have to lose weight or just get a little bit bigger and be a small lineup power forward because he will not translate as a small forward in the NBA. I'm telling you that right now. It's not going to work at 240 pounds. Now, he can shoot three well, uh, gets good paint position, but he can improve on his post-up game because he settles for a lot of fadeaway jumpers at times in the paint or floaters to avoid contact. If you're doing that in college, what are you going to do in the NBA? You know what I'm saying? So he sh- this is when he should be bullying guys. Yes, he's a young freshman, but he's 240, bigger than everyone else, a top 10 pick, supposedly. You got to be more dominant than that. Um, you know, and he, uh, he, like I said, he gets blocks in college, but at 6'8", I don't think he'll be anywhere close to a rim protector in the NBA. He has the strength and knows how to use it in college. But will that work against pros that are equal in size or bigger? I'm not too sure about that. So to be ranked seventh and I see more of a role player and not a guaranteed player that's going to be a hit, that is way overrated for Jarris Walker. I have him at 23. He needs to be drafted to a good team that he can help, you know, fill a role. And those those type of players are very important on good teams. A Jarris Walker on a bad team? will just remain bad. You know, a bad team, if you're picking seventh, you need a hit. You need a potential star. You don't need a role player. So Jairus Walker, second on my list. This is not in order. This is just, you know, I kind of have him ranked this order on my big board. But next, Kaysen Wallace, because I said Anthony Black, 21st, Jairus Walker, 23rd. Kaysen Wallace is 26th on my big board. ESPN has him at 15. Everyone seems to love Kaysen Wallace from Kentucky. 6'4 point guard, average 12 points, four boards, four assists, two steals, a half a block per game. Those are good all-around stats other than the points. Uh, but he's 193 pounds, shot 35% from three. That's pretty good, 19 years old. Now, the good is he's a good shooter. I think he's a good solid guard, spot-up three-point shooter, pretty good. Can get to the rack, can hit the pull-up J, can blow by his defenders. He normally moves at a methodical pace to get to the rack, and I'll use hesitation moves to get where he wants. Not necessarily blowing by you all the time, uh, but, you know, he kind of just manipulates the defense at times to score and get to the paint. Um, He's fast at getting to the rack, and he plays well in transition. He's a smooth player, good shooter, great at getting steals and breaking up plays, and he's a good shot blocker for his size. Now, he's athletic, but not explosive. Like, say, like, Amen Thompson, He's explosive. And when I say he can blow by you, I mean at any moment. I think Kaysen Wallace is more like when he feels he has to, he might can blow by you, but he's not really explosive. Um, you know, and he's known for his defense, but he got obliterated by Marquise Noel, the five seven, very fast, quick, shifty point guard from K-State. So he may not be able to handle faster guards in the NBA. You know, I didn't go, I didn't look at all the tape of guys that point guards that he played against. But if you go by what he played against Marquise Noel, that was not good. And it's like, this guy is known for defense, Kaysen Wallace. Uh, That's not good. (laughs) Not good at all. I mean, I don't just mean Marquise Noel played well or great. He, like, 
had his way with Casey Wallace. It was embarrassing. And it was like Casey Wallace didn't want to be there. He was like, why do I have to do this? You know, so I need to see him be able to play defense against guys his size and guys that are fast. I don't know if that's going to translate as much as people think because people just say, oh, he's a great defender, great defender, great defender. Is he, though? Or is it dependent? Is it is he a great defender on slower guys or shooting guards that are not going to have the ball and be twitchy, quick twitchy and all that? We will see. Also, he's a point guard. I want to see more assists from my point guard. Four assists, you can do better than that. So he can improve as a passer. Um, you know, and like it's one thing to have four assists if you're averaging 20 points per game. But when you're averaging 12 points and four assists, that's just not good enough for me. Um, it's debatable in my mind if he'll be a starter in the NBA or just a really good backup point guard. If he's going to be a backup point guard, sign me up. But I'm not taking him in the lottery. Some people are saying 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 in this draft. No. You get me at 20, 23, 25, yes. <laughs> so that's why I think Kaysen Wallace is overrated. And not to mention, he's had some back issues. It's, it's debatable whether his back is good or not. But we will see. But that's why I have Kaysen Wallace next on my list. Another favorite that everyone seems to love, Derek Lively from Duke, 7-1 center, 230 pounds, average five points, five boards, two and a half blocks per game. And he's 19 years old. ESPN has Derek Lively at 13 in their rankings. I have him at 35, 22 spots below where ESPN has him ranked. The good news, I mean, if... The bad news is evident in his stats, five points and five rebounds for a seven-foot-one center in college. But the good news, nice little baby hook shot, soft touch near the rim, lob threat, always catching alley-oops, tremendous shot blocker, uh, can move his feet well, and he keeps his feet down at times and guards without jumping and, you know, getting baited into fouls. So that's good. Has great leaping ability. So he's not just tall. He can really jump, too has the height, the long arms, and make it extremely difficult to score against him. And he can block just about anything in his radius. But the negative is he basically only dunks and block shots. You can't even say rebounds because he gets five rebounds a game. That should be doubled in college. Like, come on. He passes up good looks and the paint to pass to the open man. So he definitely needs to be more aggressive. It's like if he's not in the dunker spot, He's not confident enough to post up and back you down to score. So he needs to be more aggressive. And I mean, that's first of all, that's a horrible thing in, in the NBA. You're going to have to be able to do more than just dunk. You're going to at times catch the ball at the free throw line. What are you going to do? He's going to be lost. So it's almost as if he doesn't want to shoot like Ben Simmons. And you definitely don't want that. We see what's going on with Ben Simmons. Um, people are saying in the combine, his shot is getting better. You can't go by that. In the combine, in your pro days, you practice that every day. That does not translate to a game most of the time. You know, they say Dwight Howard and Shaq hit their free throws all the time in in, in practice. In the game, that's a different thing. So until I see it on the court, it's a concern. No, now he also has troubles with bigs that are big, <laughs> you know, not just tall and skinny. The bigs that have weight on them, he, tr- he has troubles with them. And in my opinion, even before the announcements were made, I said he should have went back to college. He decided to come out. It's going to likely be a good thing for him because, like I said, ESPN has him projected at 13. But 
I mean, if you predict at 13, you have to come out. But for his sake, he's not ready for the NBA at all. Um, you know, he does not shoot threes. He displayed no shooting game at all in college. He was highly touted out of high school, but it did not translate to Duke. So Derek Lively, huge risk, big overrated prospect, in my opinion. Next, another one, James Najee. We just had Derek Lively was 22 spots uh, overrated, in my opinion. Now James Najee is 24 spots higher than I have projected. ESPN has him at 24. I have him at 48. And he recently just got moved up because some international players uh, withdrew. He was lower than that. James Najee, similar to Derek Lively, a rim runner, dunker, block shots. But he's 6'10 from Barcelona. And look at these stats. Average four points, two boards, and a half block per game. He's 18 years old. Those stats... You can you can take him with a grain of salt because he only played nine minutes per game. So you say, okay, well, it's not that bad if he played nine minutes per game. But when someone plays nine minutes per game, you're doing a lot of projecting. Everyone loves how he looks with no shirt on because he's ripped. Everyone loves his size, his height, his wingspan. But there are a lot of guys in the NBA and in the G League that have these same traits that have not translated to a good player. Yes, he's a super high leaper. Plays the pick and roll well, runs the floor amazing. Um, but he's a raw and bouncy big that will need to play in the G League for a long time, in my opinion, before he's ready for the NBA. He pretty much can only dunk, and this is James Najee I'm talking about. Great at blocking shots, but he jumps at everything, so he has no discipline on defense. Uh, you know, that'll get him in foul trouble. But, you know, it's the definitely projecting, seeing his wingspan height, athleticism i mean i love the way he jumps he he jumps out of the gym to dunk the ball but the nba is a lot more than that it's gambling that he could put everything together and be a good nba player it's not a lock by any means so james Najee, you want to take him in the first round that's fine even if you take him at 24 that's not horrible but if he's in anywhere near the lottery i mean Teams are dropping the ball. There's guys in the G League. I mean, there's a guy, Nemius Kata, in the G League that's incredible. Um, there's another guy that played with the Spurs, a center. Uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he's incredible. And, and scoring points, getting rebounds, getting blocks. And James Naji does what? He looks good with his shirt off. He's not a first-round pick, in my opinion. So, I mean, you you never know what can translate. Sometimes guys can just get in there and get 10 rebounds and four blocks per game. But the talent, the skill, the tape shows Najee is not that good, in my opinion. Next, another guy that I have as Brawl that ESPN loves. I have him 30 spots lower than ESPN. Ryan Rupert, the international player that averaged seven points, two boards, almost one assist per game, and almost one block per game. He shot 37% from the field, which is horrible. 31% from three, which is surprising. <laughs> but he's six foot seven, six foot eight, 192 pounds. He's 19 years old. Now, normally I have a good and a bad. The good is very limited with Ryan Repair. People love his height, his wingspan, his defensive capabilities. But it's mainly negative here. Like I said, I have him ranked 50th. And that's because international players dropped out. Ryan Repair is a super raw young man, very skinny, not a good shooter, has a slow release on his shot. Being so skinny led him to avoiding contact in the paint. 
and that's definitely not going to work in the NBA. He's not a naturally talented basketball player. He seems like he's only been playing in the NBA, playing basketball period for a few years. Needs a long time to get where he needs to be if he wants to play in the NBA. He's two years away from being two years away. That's a that's a phrase that was famously quoted during the draft a couple of years ago, and they were right on that prospect. The same goes for Ryan Rupert. If he gets, it's it's going to be very specific conditions that he goes to that he's going to work out. But if he just goes to like a Charlotte or something, not going to work out. So, I mean, get him somewhere where they can cater to him. And maybe you'll have something in a few years. But right now, definitely not the 20th ranked prospect in this class. Are you kidding me? That is a joke. Ryan Rupert is barely draftable. He's a 50th ranked prospect, in my opinion. He should have went back and withdrew from the draft. But, hey, scouts, GM seem to love him. I say watch out, Ryan Repair, overrated. So let's go over those six real quick. That was Anthony Black, Jarris Walker, Kaysen Wallace, Derek Lively, James Najee, and Ryan Repair. Do you disagree? Hit me in the comments. I got a few more coming for you. Let's see. I got five more for you. And it's getting hot in here. Let's see what y'all got about these guys. Because ESPN and all the other shows love these guys. I clearly do not. Next up, Jordan Walsh. Not a huge overrated here with... I have him 12 spots lower than ESPN, but Jordan Walsh is ranked 39th by ESPN. I have him at 51st. Jordan Walsh is a, and he was lower than that too, until with international withdrew. But Jordan Walsh is a 6'7 freshman from Arkansas. He averaged seven points, four boards, one steal, a half block per game. Very pedestrian stats. 28% from three, not good. 51% from the field. He's a freshman, has a seven foot three wingspan. Once again, just like Ryan Repair, they love that height and wingspan. But I don't really have any good news on Jordan Walsh other than his height, wingspan, athleticism, and they think that that can translate to a great defensive player in the NBA. No, people. He should go back to college. And I wrote this before the withdrawal date. He should go back to college. He's nothing special at all, he's a role player. That's what I wrote months ago in my stats. It's still here. Uh, <laughs> and when he plays, he's out of control with the ball at times. So he's not a great um, handler of the ball. And a lot of times he looks lost out there on offense. Like he is ready to play defense and that's it or dunk and that's it. But he's strictly the wingspan and the defense and the projections. Now he's at 39 by ESPN. So that is a second rounder. When you're in the second round, pretty much anything goes. So if he's drafted at 39, fine. He could be a good defensive player. He could not. It doesn't really matter. Second round picks are hit or miss lottery picks. So at least they have him at 39 and not like 29 or 19. But Jordan Walsh, overrated in my opinion. Next up, Brandon Podzinski. People are calling him Pods or AirPods and all that stuff. Yes, you've heard of him. ESPN has him at 27. I have him at 53. Pods, the 6'5 from Santa Clara. Now, he had some good stats in college. 20 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, a half block per game. He's a sophomore, shot 44% from 3. That seems unbelievable. And 48% from 2. His his form is not the greatest. Uh, people say he kind of looks like D'Angelo Russell out there shooting. But, yes, he is a great shooter from 2 and 3. You know, boxing out with the ball is good. Like, um, you know, someone shooting a free throw or something. He's a good boxer out for a small guard. 
but he can also back you down and go to the rack or shoot the mid-range. So he's kind of an all-around player, great rebounder. That's good. He's a lefty, lefty, but with his shot, it's no real follow-through on it, uh, and that's just not taught. <laughs> you know, when you're taught, you follow through. Keep that hand up. He just kind of shot puts it up there. Uh, so that's, I mean, that doesn't look good to me, but it's going in. So keep doing it. But in NBA, we'll see. Um, because it does go in at a ridiculously high rate, but he has a crafty old man game at times. I see him being a spot up shooter in the NBA. I don't see him running around like he did at Santa Clara at all. He's not really fast enough to be the main focus of an offense. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to have him at point guard or shooting guard, but he seems like a backup to me. Or a G leaguer, and uh, you know, I think he's too 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 slow to play point guard. And like I said, if he's a shooting guard, he's gonna be a spot up guy. So he seems like a backup or a G leaguer to me. Now, when he played great at the combine, he's done all this off season stuff very well. They have him moving up people's boards. He moved up my board because I originally had him undrafted. <laughs> so now I'm having him at 53. ESPN has him at 27. So they have him as a first rounder. But you tell me where he's going to go into a team and start. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, if it happens, I'll be very surprised. He seems like a backup to me. I wouldn't take him at 27. I wouldn't take him at 37. But we'll see. You know, in the combine, you got to realize when they're playing those games, it's a bunch of second rounders playing against each other. So somebody's going to stand out. I would like to see him against first rounders or in the summer league against NBA players. And if he's doing those same things, because he is a great rebounder for his size, but Brandon Posimski overrated in my opinion. Next Olivier Maxis Prosper from Marquette. Originally I had him undrafted, but right now I have him ranked 55th in my big board. ESPN has him at 29th. So that's the first rounder all because of the combine really. People overreact to the combine and pro days and stuff. I do not. But he averaged 12 and a half points, five boards, one steal. He's a junior, six foot eight, 218, 34% from three. That's pretty good. 62 from two. That's pretty good. But in my scouting, I see solid player with good size. That pretty much explains Olivier Max's prospects. Now, he was a power forward in Marquette, but he's 6'8, 218. That's not a power forward in the NBA. You have to be a small forward. Can he do that? You know, he doesn't finish well at the rack. He plays a little clunky. In my opinion, he's a hustle player and not a good ball handler, not a good passer. How does that work in the NBA? Why is that a first rounder? Someone tell me that. I do not know. And he's a junior, so it's not like he's a freshman and you see all this potential. He's done it for three years and you've seen a pretty good player, a good college player. I mean, I have him at 55th, so... That's 26 spots lower than ESPN. We'll see who's right, but Olivier Maxis, Prosper, overrated in my opinion. Next player I have as an overrated prospect in the 2023 NBA draft is Julian Phillips from Tennessee. ESPN has him at 34. I have him at 59. So, you know, this show is different, man. A lot of guys might, if you do an overrated show, they're going to be like, I had him at 10 and I have, they have him at 10, I have him at 15. They had him at nine, I had him at 11. I'm 20-plus spots on most of these guys lower than these guys, so I'm giving you the real deal. And you can argue I could be wrong on some of these guys, but this is what I'm seeing on the tape. Julian Phillips, they have him as a borderline first-round pick, but he averaged eight points, five boards, one-and-a-half assists per game, 
0.6 steals, 0.5 blocks per game, 24% from three. That's not good. If you're not familiar with the three-point percentage, you want around 34, 35% and up. So 24% is horrible. Uh, but he, Julian Phillips, good rebounder, can blow by his defender at times. People are liking that frame. 6'8", 200 pounds, athletic, strong, long wingspan. But when I see the tape, I see a role player. He can be a catch-and-shoot guy, but he needs to get better at shooting. The shooting isn't there. So right now, he's just a catch guy. But Because, you know, the shooting is really bad at 24%. But he's kind of the perfect college player, so that looks good on film. He helps the team win, but he has no outstanding traits, just great size and potential. He's a G League player, in my opinion, and he needs to finish stronger when he goes to the rack. He goes up weak a lot of times in traffic. And he's not great at turnovers. He needs to work on that. So why is this a borderline first-round pick? And we said this with how many players? They they like him because of his wingspan, his height, his size. We said that with how many guys? So you don't have to reach on this because the draft is full of guys like this. The G League is full of guys like this. Like You don't have to get a guy with no offensive talent because they're tall, long, and athletic. They're everywhere. <laughs> so Julian Phillips, ESPN has him at 34. I have him at 59. The next guy and the final guy I'm going to say is Jaime Jaquez. That's hard to say, but I rarely say his name because he was undrafted in my opinion. ESPN ha- has him at 30th. I have him at 60th. Jaime Jaquez. Ha- I don't know how you say that. Y'all let me know. I've heard his name before. It slipped my mind when I see it because I originally thought his name was Jamie. <laughs> Jaime Jaquez, one of those names. But the six seven four from UCLA, 225 pounds. Put up good stats at UCLA. 225, po- <laughs> 225 pounds, not points. Average 18 points, eight boards, two and a half assists, one and a half steal, 0.6 blocks per game. Shot 32% from three, so not quite there. 48% from the field. Now, Jaime has a nice jumper, nice fadeaway shot, pretty good handle, good hustle player. He's a hard worker. He's athletic, has great size, and can drive it to the rack. But every bucket in the half court seems very hard to get. He works extremely hard to score. Nothing comes easy to him. So that's not good if that's happening in college. What do you think is going to happen in the NBA? It's only going to be harder or just impossible, and he's not going to be able to do it. So that's not a that's not a good thing. It's good that you're showing the effort, but it shouldn't be that hard. Uh, but that happens because he creates no separation when trying to score. And you know, you need that in the NBA. What otherwise you're gonna be a spot up shooter, uh, a three and D guy, and you gotta be able to knock down the three, 32%. Does not guarantee that. So, you know, I had him undrafted before these guys withdrew. Because right now I have him at 60th. I mean, technically that's still undrafted because only 58 guys are in this draft class due to teams losing their two teams losing their draft pick. So people have him going 30th as a first rounder. It's too much talent in this draft to be playing around with potential and like, oh, I like this guy. I like this guy. No, there's literally great players in this draft with potential that check more than one box. And I'm going to get you that list of guys when I do my official big board coming out soon because the draft is Thursday. I want to give it to you right before the draft. So that's either going to be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Get the big board and the mock draft. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on with trades and rumors, but I'm trying to release it at the perfect time. But that just reminds me of that because 
You can't just be throwing names in there and then everyone agreeing with, oh, yeah, Jaime Jacquez is a first-rounder or Olivia Max Prospect's first-rounder, Julian Phillips' first-rounder. No, they're not. I'm going to give you the reel on who is first-rounders and who is second-rounders. And well, I can't wait to tell you about it. So if you disagree, let me know. But Jaime Jacquez, I have him 60th, 30 spots lower than the consensus at ESPN. Now, recapping those five was Jordan Walsh, Brandon Pozemski, Olivier Maxis Prosper, Julian Phillips, and Jaime Jaquez. Now, I hope you like the show. If you tuned in late, you want me to go over all of them? I'll go over the top six. I just named those last five. But Anthony Black, Jarris Walker, Kaysen Wallace, Derek Lively, James Najee, Brian Rupert. These are my guys. The top, the most overrated prospects in the 2023 NBA draft. I would love to hear your feedback. Like, you can tell me that I did a good job, too. I want to hear that, too. Not just the negative, but if you think I'm wrong on someone, tell me why. We can have a debate on it. I'm not I'm not trying to just down these guys. I just think they're – if they, it would do them better if they fell in the draft and went to a better team in a better circumstance instead of being drafted high and having all those expectations that I think will be very hard for them to meet. So, you love the show. Subscribe to the All Rookie Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening watching on youtube i appreciate every like subscribe download you guys are the best can't wait to the draft until next time i'm out of here peace